0: We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective, moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. So anyway, today we got the one and only Genghis Don. He hails from Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And I know some things about him because we're friends. And I, I, one thing I know for sure is uh, he loves Biggie, Kanye, Drake. Those are his top three rappers of all time. And uh, Genghis, I don't know if you know this, but you're muted. So so uh, yeah, he, he's a great producer, drummer, and uh, uh, his favorite hobby is bicycling, and he, he goes really fast into traffic (laughs) even if you're behind him i know that for a fact (laughs) so yeah we want to greg and i want to thank kings for coming on the working artist project tonight and uh we're going to get right into things and and i want to start out by just talking about why you create music the way that you do
1: um well I, i produce because i like to i like to create um feeling I like to create like moments in time for for other artists to like just do their thing over like that's my favorite thing to do drumming um it's a different story like recently as of recently like I've been even before the pandemic I've been kind of I guess falling out of love with drums not gonna lie that's unbelievable bro
0: <laughs> that's really and, offensive but go ahead
1: and yeah so like at, at one point I was drumming just because like it felt it like I just was good at this instrument and I was better at it than any other instrument that I played. So that's the reason why I was like into drumming. And then I guess that it, that's not a really stable uh thing. It's not a really stable like, uh what's the term I'm looking for? Moral, I guess it's not really stable moral to like base your whole career off of. So I guess now I felt I'm falling out of it, falling out of love with it because it's it's more so like whatever to me. OK,
0: well, listen, you're an amazing producer and I hope people right now go to Spotify or your Bandcamp and start listening to some of your music right now as you're listening to this podcast. But, um, man, I, I I'm not surprised that you're falling out of love with drums because every other day you post a Facebook post. I'm going to quit drums.
2: And yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. so so if you follow him you already know it's like he's like yeah one year from today you won't see me playing drums ever again but this come my to my show year. tonight this this is your last year 2020
1: 2020 is my last year december 31st 2020 is my last year playing drums
3: yo you Can picked I... the right year to end drums hey man <laughs> it's a sign absolutely, absolutely. Man, I just think it's hilarious that both you guys don't have microphone stands. <laughs> so I, I, just, no, I got no. a microphone stand. I have a microphone <laughs> I got, <more> stand. <laughs> got about fifty of them back there. The Working Artists Project, sponsored by. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. But you, you, man. So just to kind of keep keep going on what you know, Darian threw you right in the deep end right off the bat, man. Why do you love music? <laughs> Not even warming them up or anything like that. Um, but yo, like, can you talk about that transition though? Like from I think like. For me, I've gone through like a lot of um, ups and downs in terms of like how I feel about music, how I feel about my playing, how I feel about playing saxophone, clarinet. And like, so you, you, were, you were saying that like, you know, I wanna stop playing drums. Like, so you, can you talk about that, that kind of, um, that process that you were going through, like mentally? And also yeah. like, I'm sure that's like quite an emotional process too, like letting go of an instrument and, and changing, the, um, your focus in terms of your creativity.
1: Yeah, I I always considered myself like a pretty introspective person, and like I pride myself on being able to like self-reflect and and knowing my limitations. And so, for me, it, I was I was asking myself the question of of does playing drums make me happy? And I guess like this pandemic has been a, a blessing and a curse in it's been a curse in in terms of financially it has been a curse at one point, but then it's also been a blessing because it's also allowed me to clear my mind and see exactly what I want to do in life and, and just like reevaluating like the choices that I made uh, career wise. So with drums, right? Like I hate what I hated the most was just like bringing everything to gigs and And like having to lug that, like Darian knows you got to lug all that, all like the cymbal bags everywhere, and and just to like play these these gigs that just make you like question if you want to be a musician or not, you know, because some nights like not every gig is gonna be great, you know, and you can't you don't have control over that to an extent, um, and so with me it was just like I didn't I didn't see myself doing this for that much longer because I had bigger plans. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna do a like prepare three hours, practice three hours, do two rehearsals for a gig that pays $75. You know, I, when I feel like with, with production, the, the return on investment is a lot better, you know, in, ter- in terms of, in, in comparison to drums. So yeah, that's, that was my main, that was my main uh, takeaway and what I was really focusing on and why I wanted to like stop playing drums. But okay, don't get me wrong. When I when I say I'm done playing drums, I'm done playing gigs. Right. I'm done playing. I'm done playing gigs that I don't want to play. Yeah, so. So I'll play like for my own solo, pro- my own solo band that I have, and then I'll play for like recordings, but I'll, I don't see myself playing like shows like that anymore.
0: Also, man, I just want to say, man, you're right. Like, it sucks bringing drums around. But also, I've seen you bring drums around with no cases from Jersey in a taxi, which is crazy to me. <laughs> but you weren't you actually doing it the, the best way, you know? But, hey, man, listen, I, I get it. And, and it's interesting because this time has made everybody, you know, look within and be like, what is it that I want to do? What is it will, that I will accept from the world? How will I create my existence, you know, and, and living day to day with nothing to do with, you just wake up, go to sleep, wake up, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, man, I'm getting closer to the end. Yeah. So I, I need to really get focused here, you know. Um, Yeah, that's deep, damn, bro. I got some, you, what books you reading?
1: <laughs> I'm on The Alchemist right
0: now, man. I just got that. Oh yeah, Alchemist. that's right, that's right. That's great, with me, I've definitely read that book like five times.
3: What, where, where are you at in The Alchemist? I just started you just started like like today <laughs> if you want something the whole universe will conspire
0: <laughs> yo I believe that I, <laughs> Greg I 100% ganger, don't spoil it for me no, no 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 if you want something that's just a general principle of life I think though like if you want something like I'm from Jackson Mississippi bro Greg knows I'm from the country country like ain't no jazz nowhere nowhere around so I had yeah. to like manifest it to get to this point to meet you in New York City and then meet Greg in New Orleans, you know, so that that's that's real. So is it are you also quitting drums because jazz is is a is a hypocrite?
1: Fuck jazz, man.
0: OK, <laughs> that's not, I don't play I don't play jazz, but you know, I, play, I play black American music. But yeah, yeah I
1: no, mean, no, nah, nah, it's just like I. OK, so my my journey drumming has been a little bit different than I would say, like a lot of people, because. I, it, it was always second place to something else. So in high school, I was playing basketball and I had like a scholarship and I, I went to school to play ball. And then I wasn't really drumming. Like I I only started drumming like seriously until my, my junior year of college. And that's when I like focused on it. And um, even when I was focusing on it, it, it just felt like it wasn't the end all be all for me. So, um damn, I, I forgot what the original question you were asked. You asked what I
0: was trying to figure out why you hate jazz.
1: Oh, but. okay, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so then when I started drumming again, like it, it I was, I was primarily <clears throat> playing jazz because I was in Boston. I was, like, I was like close to Berkeley, close to NEC, close to like Wally's Jazz Club, and all my friends, like all the friends that I was developing. The friendships i was developing were in jazz and so initially i was i loved the music and i was studying it and everything getting lessons with like um with with a lot of different people like great jazz artists but then not until i came back to new york and like within a year and a half i like started to get into other genres of music i switched up and like my love for it just changed Completely, and and now it's more like when I practice, I, r- I I'll rarely like practice like some traditional swing or whatever. Right. It'll be like it'll be like more uh, modern jazz stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: than than swinging. So what? So I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm saying because I th- to be honest, I think that that music is dying, and I'm not like I'm a I'm an advocate for for keeping jazz alive, but I also feel like the essence of jazz is, is a representation of whatever time period it is at the moment. So the time right now, the times right now, I don't think they call for like swing. I think they call for something that's, that's more reflective of what's going on in the climate. So it, that could be, that could be it, um, some like hardcore shit because it's some hardcore shit that's happening in life right now.
0: I, I, I would disagree with you because I, I think swing can be hardcore. Now, if you're trying to play swing like they played it in 1922 or 30 or the 40s, 50s, 60s, or even last year, yeah. that's that's what to me when it becomes problematic. When the music doesn't represent the time, or yeah. it doesn't re- represent you, you you got to play it the way you feel it and hear it. That that's how I think
3: about it. You
1: know? Yeah.
3: Um, but Greg, you had a question. Huh? Yeah, I was. I mean, you kind of you kind of touched on it, but I was going to ask, like, you know, again, like with the transition into becoming more of like a full time producer did you like or or at least falling out of love with jazz like was that purely like um, a result of like logistics like lugging the drums around or just like feeling like the music is old and dated or did you I mean do you like were you just angry at the music or like you feel like like cats like so you know like I feel like a lot of jazz musicians like have this like since traditionally if you go to school you're going to study classical music or you're going to study jazz mm-hmm. so i was just wondering if like maybe like how do you get out of that mindset man just like feeling like as a musician you're going to create great music but like getting out of the box of like it's got to be swing or some shit like that yeah i was never angry at the
1: music i think i'm more like my 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 distaste comes from the culture around it and, and like cats, just thinking that playing jazz is, is a way of li- like, it's a, it's gonna make you successful in life. And I'm more of like a person that's, that's, I, I believe specifically in having multiple streams of income. Like that's my theory about, living well like you have to have multiple streams of income and if you're a jazz musician i feel like that puts you in a box mm. at, at like there's many there's a multitude of jazz musicians especially like the older ones who you know had that mentality that like man it's just the music the music comes first and i'm like all right but they're financially they're not in a, a great place you know mm. and i think that my my quarrel with 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 the the culture of jazz is that it's very it's in a box and there's there's not much um adaptability in people's mindsets of of how jazz can be taken to like somewhere else and you can also you can also monetize it you know so for me what i'm trying to do with my production is is somehow like bridge like like playing jazz and also Bringing it to like a more modern, a more modern, uh, a more modern um, audience, you know.
0: Yeah. That's that's dope, man. I, I think you're absolutely right. I would agree with you that you know sometimes jazz musicians, uh, the way they think about life, is here. Yeah. You know? And you do. You in Greg. I think Greg agrees too because we have a whole summer camp where we teach kids. Hey, man, you need to be thinking about X, Y, and Z. Multiple streams of income. Because just playing might not be enough. And you need to get your financial situation together. You got to do this and that, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. There's
1: rare cats that, like, there's only a handful of cats that can, like, make a living just playing, you know? Like, yeah. to having that one stream of income.
0: Yeah, like 1%. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us teach, play, you, you do this and that on the side. You do a lot of different things.
3: I can't remember um, who said that, but it's, like, the, uh, the, the 1% rule of any field. And... Basically says that one one the top one percent is going to earn ninety percent of the income in any given field. So you got your your Winton and right. and you yeah, know, whoever else is up at the top making the majority of the money.
1: <laughs> Even Winton teaches it. too. So oh yeah, yeah, Winton
2: does
3: everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you know, if for cats out there, if you try if you you're just tuning in, we got Genghis Don, the great producer. Out here, you can get on Spotify, Bandcamp, and everything like that and check out his music. It's really good. Don't forget Drummer. <laughs> okay. He's a drummer until December 31st, 2020. And then when you see him on the street, do not call him a drummer, dude. Because that's going to be offensive, man. He yep. he, he likes he also likes Kanye, which I want to get into uh, later. But before we do, I, I'm curious to know what you think the Black Lives Matter movement Yeah how 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 is that in hip-hop intertwined and how are they both affecting one another
1: uh they're it's like yin and yang because music is always going to be well for me the important music is always going to be a representation of the the climate you know and so with black lives matter it's it's more it's like it's a movement and it's and it's it's more than just like a, a fad, you know, it's, it's not, I think it's here to stay and I, I hope it's here to stay. And so the music that like, especially hip hop right now, hip hop's the biggest genre in the world right now. And it's technically pop music, hip hop is pop music right now. Um, And so I think that hip hop was, the birth of hip hop comes from uh, like the, sh- the struggle of, of, black people in the US and because it came from like b-boying and like breakdancing and stuff and that's like the hip-hop culture and the hip-hop culture and that's what it represents and so black lives matter I think is more of like a cultural shift in America's like uh, upbringing and thinking you know and I think that it just they align with each other they align with each other because you can't have hip-hop you can but like Overall, you can't have hip-hop and and not say, you can't listen to hip-hop and not say that black lives don't matter.
0: Say, buddy. I don't know if you told all them other motherfuckers that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee them all lives matter, cats. Listening can, to hip-hop all, they love Beyonce. They love Jay-Z. But
3: when yeah. You were, when you were talking about hip-hop being the highest grossing um, form of music, I was like, man, I think number two or maybe number one is country music too, so. <laughs> It's, just, it's like yeah. two, it, you know, it's to right country. up there. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: it's surpassed country music like I think a year or two ago.
3: I know NASCAR is the highest grossing sport in the States. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but that's like it's I guess that, that speaks to the, the polarity of like what's what the the entire conversation is about too though, you know? It's like you have these two um just these two sections of the population that exist in the United States that ultimately we gotta find a way to to work it out
1: yeah
0: yeah 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 that's that's the rough part it's like how do you acknowledge something that's happening and and keep the peace between all of these people with a lot of different ideas i mean even just within the black lives matter community there are a billion different ideas about what black lives matter the movement really means and, and how we should act on it you know what i mean
1: and it's the same thing with hip-hop there's a there's a million different subgenres that represent like uh, different parts of, of the black experience. So there's like trap, there's trap music in hip hop where, where it glorifies, like, you know, the party, the turn up, the, the having a good time. Then there's conscious hip hop where it glorifies like being, being socially conscious, being, being like aware of, of what, of the injustices we face. Then there's like, uh, R and B, which talks about like, which is, like the dynamic between the traditionally male and female dynamic, you know, in, in black music. So it's like the, the black lives matter and hip hop is just, they just go hand in hand to me.
0: Well, man, Joe Biden said the other day that all black people are the same, man. <laughs> Ain't no diversity. So stop talking about that. All right, did he bro? really say that?
3: Yeah.
0: I would start a whole thing. Um,
3: Fake news. Yeah, right. Fake news, bro.
0: <laughs> All right. So now I do want to get, since you are a hip hop head, I want to argue with you about some stuff. And, right. and, and Greg agrees with me on this 100%. I can tell you that. We hate, okay, hate Drake. Drake sucks ass. And and <laughs> look, this is the thing. Drake, to me, is fraudulent and he's an actor, okay? Okay. Why do people like you and Christopher McBride like Drake? <laughs> oh, also on Corey Wallace. He he's also a weird person who likes Drake.
1: Listen, man, the thing
0: about Drake that I love is that
1: he makes—you can't deny his greatness in terms of like the
0: music he makes. Absolutely not. Drake is an actor. Actor of what? Like he reads paper. He don't do shit. Somebody here, you go, have Drake. You heard? He's, have he, you heard his last album? Have you heard all his albums? He reads and acts. He didn't produce no beats. He doesn't have to produce he, to
2: be a great. He
1: artist.
0: didn't write no lyrics. Yes, he did. She. Crazy as hell. You can't prove that. Okay, listen.
1: Kanye has ghostwriters. Uh, so Drake you telling me Kanye
0: can't you telling me Kanye can't write? Is that what you're saying? Kanye
1: can write. I'm just okay. saying that, like, so so that's has, why he
0: everyone everyone has, fine.
1: has ghostwriters, bro. Okay,
0: I got a great okay. I'll tell you what. Now, think about this. You know, you ever heard of this woman called Maya Angelou? Yes. Okay, she's a poet, right?
1: Are you comparing Drake to Maya? What?
0: Angelou? No. What if Maya Angelou never wrote a poem? Instead, I wrote the poems. Okay. She read them. Is she a poet? She she performed them? I wrote them. She read them. Is she a poet? She's a performer. That's what Drake is. He's an actor. He's a performer. No, he's an actor.
1: So, so my Angela, by your, by those standards, my Angela would be a performer, an actor.
2: Yeah,
0: she'd be a fucking actor. She, she just like Denzel. Somebody else write the shit. Denzel Bro, get on thing, he move around. We like, damn, that was great. Drake, but Spike Lee wrote the shit. Spike Lee, the real bad motherfucker. That's what I'm saying.
1: So you saying I'm like the person God. who makes who the person who makes the music is so the producer is the one that's that's the great that's the greatness
0: yeah and you should agree with this but you know why because you are a producer <laughs> i agree the producers
1: need to get more credit no they're getting credit now but like i'm saying that drake makes a song like this is a song is just a beat without anything without like the lyrics and stuff drake right? makes great music bro you can't deny it man it's he just
0: like, doesn't write the lyric this is my so po- that's okay. that's your whole that's your whole argument yeah. just because he doesn't write the the lyrics. He's an actor. If we can all agree that per- Drake is a fraudulent actor, then I'm cool with that. Whatever like. you want to. All right. Whatever you want to call him a fraudulent actor, I still <laughs> think he makes
1: amazing music.
0: All right. If you, Matt, have y'all heard that that new mulatto, uh, the the WAP song? Yes. WAP worship and praise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the worship and praise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Same thing with Cardi. I was thinking, you know, it's funny because she's not was,
1: a she's not a she's
0: not a rapper. She's not a rapper, and neither is Drake. And when she was saying her lyrics, I told my wife, I was like, "Yo, Cardi needs a new ghostwriter because these lyrics is whack. They trash. Like, yo, those lyrics was trash. Like they they could have been. She could have been more creative.
1: It wasn't a great song. I'll give you that. But it, it the song was just mostly for shock value. That's what I think it
0: was. The beat. The production value on the song is, is is amazing to me. And I'm like, yo, I'm gonna listen to this song over and over because the beat is crazy. And if you listen to Mulatto's joint, she got she got a joint similar. Her lyrics are better, but her production isn't quite as good. And so I don't want to listen to her song no more. She got Gucci Man on it, he sucks. I think. Do you even like rappers?
1: <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I like Talib, like? Kwali, oh, Tupac. I like fucking uh I like a lot of motherfuckers, but I like motherfuckers who talk about shit. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. Drake talks about shit too.
0: Um what singing and going to the beach hanging out with girls. That ain't shit.
1: He just he's just very popular.
0: J. Cole, that's a rapper. <laughs> Come on, bro. You sound but, like one of those old heads. <laughs> I tell you what, this the, the the cat that's on your the two the guys that are on, on the, the beast that you producing, those are rappers. They sound beautiful, man. Did you write their lyrics? no exactly thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) i rest my case i did not write their lyrics
0: yo greg do you you got one of his gang is his songs ready i can can
3: pull one up yeah yo yo play man what side of the bed you wake up on this morning right (laughs) i know man (laughs) You know what? You know what happened was we were talking about Darian being from Mississippi before we went on, and uh. I think he's just trying to prove to everyone how Mississippi he actually is. Wait, are there Mississippi rappers? How country?
0: Whoa, whoa! Yo, man, you need to say, yo, y'all. Yo, you ever heard? Wait, of,
1: wait, wait! Bubba
0: Sparks—that's the only dude from Get Mississippi. Get the fuck <laughs> out You ever heard of uh, uh, fucking David Banner, boy? The hell wrong with you? All right, David
1: Banner, I'll give you David Banner.
0: Yo, it's a it's a nice cat out right now. He's about our age. His name is Silas. Go check him out. You're gonna like him. I'm gonna send you something right now on Instagram. That's
1: your cousin, isn't it?
0: No, it ain't my cousin. But we did go to we did go to school together. Oh. <laughs> but he he's really dope. Um, dear Silas, that's that's his stage name. Silas. Dear Silas. S I L A S. So you can go to Instagram, check him out. Corey just, Corey Wallace just posted one of his things on Instagram the other day. I'll check him out. And I wrote him. I was like, yo, you know, I grew up with that dude. I've been on his music for a minute. I'll try to get him on a podcast. Hopefully he comes on one day.
3: Man, I'm sorry. I got to chime in on this whole conversation that went down, man. Because it's like, it's funny. Like, I guess it sounds like, you know, you sound like a grumpy jazz musician, Darian, right now. No, I like hip hop. I just don't like those people. No, but you're like, but, 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 you know, it's funny. Cause like at every, at every end of the industry, you have people who are good at different things. Yeah, and so absolutely. like, you know, you have someone like Frank Sinatra, like he didn't write all the standards he sang, but you know, people didn't want to hear someone else sing those songs. Yeah. And, and you know, the same thing exists in the classical world. Like you have a whole orchestra of musicians that are playing someone else's music all the time. However, okay. you have some virtuoso musicians that like, you know, like, You got cats like a a clarinet player, someone like Anthony McGill, who is just, you know, world class. He's not he's not necessarily writing the music that he's playing, but he's still a great artist. And And I can
0: agree. I can agree with that. But this is my rebuttal to all of that. If you go through the history of hip hop, right at the beginning of hip hop, all of those dudes, those men and women they were writing their lyrics and that's kind of, they were they're poets. And I think that MCs are poets. And I'm just saying, I don't believe in particular that a person like Drake is an MC, but people give him a lot of credit. Can he rap? Yes. But when did we cross the threshold of that being enough? That that's, uh, that's why I'm pissed about it.
1: The more, okay. The more that I, that I've been like in the, I guess the, the hip hop music scene, the more I realize that the most, the most successful people aren't the ones who are the most necessarily talented. They're the ones who are the most marketable. Right. So, so the way I look at it, like the whole Drake situation, Drake is a very marketable person, like half Jewish, half black. He's Canadian canadian that's
3: another problem that's why i call him fraudulent look let me tell you I, let me tell you all great singers come from canada man all vocalists man i don't know what it is but there's like 10 of them that are just like on top true. of the world from canada dude yeah Listen,
0: drake <laughs> got talent bro but but he also he's fraudulent because he like he's pretending to be african-american and he's, <laughs> he's exploiting pretend, his dad he's, is ex, he's exploiting african-american culture that nigga from canada you've been to canada bro I've been up there. No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. all right. You need to go. Then you're going to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, but he's from Toronto. It's not like he's from like a... <laughs> I know. It's right up the street. Yeah. <laughs> and Toronto's a very diverse place. No, it really... I've been there many times, man. It's, it's, it's I'm just, you know, I just got a thing for uh, for Drake, you know? My what? Go ahead.
3: But, yeah, you know, like the thing is, is like you have to acknowledge like as a performer, for all of us, the most important thing we can really do as musicians is like connect with people and Absolutely. you know how many musicians do we know who are like amazing musicians if not some of the best musicians but like you know they're like hi nice to meet you or, or whatever like can't make eye contact or the hold a conversation or, or or do any of these like you know fundamental things to to really engage and connect with an audience and so you know I'm, i know you don't like drake but i'm sure drake is you know he engages and connects with his audience and his his fan base on a very high level and I think ultimately that's, um, that's something that might actually be the most important part of being a performer or artist. So it doesn't matter what the content of your art is, you know, because everyone's going to have an opinion on that. But if you can connect with a lot of people, like you can talk all the shit you want, but he's got the followers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're yeah, right. I cannot yep. say anything. And we got we got seven people watching right now. So. <laughs> hey, all seven of y'all. Greg just dropped some knowledge while we while we got y'all on here though. Greg, why don't you play one of Genghis's songs? Which one?
3: Do you I like, wanna, the, I one like, do you like that. I like that party.
0: That summer joint. All
3: right. Let's see
0: for what? what. I call it the summer joint. I listen to it <laughs> yeah, all the time. work it out. Yeah, work it
1: out. Work it out. It's a very summer joint.
2: Get into tea, get into tea, get into yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I wish I had a horn. a oh, you know, right Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let get it. Get to be. Get to be. You gotta work it out. what's true? Ain't nobody gonna do it but you. You gotta work it out. It gets hard out here. Work hard out here. Well work hard. Gotta work it out. Yeah. Only limit yourself. That's bad for you. Uh-huh. Gotta work it out. Yeah, yeah. I still continue, I push the limit I see you working out, but you never finish The last rep, what? gotta push your way through the last breath. got Gotta show yourself you got more left what? It's gonna be the test of the best of the rest Be the quest for the ass on your chest Be the beat can never settle for the last On, uh, Yeah, yeah! Work it out, pump it out, shake it out drink. Work it out, pump it out, shake it out Hey, work it out, work it out, open it out, open it out, shake it out, shake it out, breathe, breathe, work it out, work it out, open it out, shake it out, check it out, I'm getting live, I'm getting better every time I drop, I'm feeling like I've never been alive, feeling like finally hitting my stride, all of the stuff up I have with pride, all of the haters I put them to side, put in the work and no stopping the drive, I know I got this, I got my own vibe, with G and I, we done, I gotta work it out, that's enough, don't give it all to me. You gotta work it out, it gets harder.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good, man. I'm, I'm glad I inspired that song, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy I inspired that. What, what brought that about, though? What's, what's your process for that?
1: Oh, for the, yeah, okay. Beautiful so that, song, man. <laughs> thank you. Um, the, so this song specifically, like, I made the beat years ago. I made the beat maybe, like, when, was, when did uh, Cecile's Dreams and Daggers come out? The one that she won a Grammy for.
0: Oh, man, I must have been
1: five years ago. Yeah. Really? It might be a minute maybe. ago. Yeah. We have to get
0: you. Yeah. Somebody use Google and uh tell us that in the comments.
1: Well, yeah, when I there was a period in time, that's when I like kind of like was in love with jazz when I heard Cecile's album, because I heard I heard Lawrence on it. And I was like, yo, this is killing. Um, Absolutely. Definitely. So the sample is actually Cecile. Cecile McLaurin. So and Oh, word. Is that really yeah. her? That's yeah. great. That's no. Great well. way.
3: <laughs> the
1: sample, the sample that I use is called. Uh, it's from "You're Getting to Be a Habit with Me." Oh yeah, I used that sample and I just like uh, chopped it up a little bit, and um, yeah, and I use, I wanted to use um, something that Lawrence was on because I felt like it was important, and uh, so so I was working on my album at the time. And the album that that I'm like, the premise of it is just mental health issues in the black community and um, how we cope with it and how different ways that we cope with it and different ways it affects like not only the person, but like those around them. And so with this one specifically, uh, I wanted it to focus on just getting active and and how staying active and staying like in shape can also help people cope with mental health issues. Oh yes. yes, absolutely. And so um I sent it to Yanks who's the the rapper on it and I told him like what I was looking for and then he sent me back work it out. And then we like we made some like a little adjustments here and there like uh just like mixing and mastering adjustments and post production stuff. Um like adding some breaks and and different like uh, effects and stuff. But other than that that was that's how it came about
0: that's great man i noticed cause i listen to all your songs you know because i, I i'm a real fan honestly
2: Appreciate and it.
0: and i noticed that a lot of your songs i I maybe i mentioned this to you once before that have some kind of jazz influence even though you hate jazz even though yeah. you don't like playing drums <laughs> <laughs> and and for me it really brings me in if i hear a trumpet or a bass i'm like oh yeah that's you know as a musician you you know you hear those things so
1: yeah that's what i've been like I feel like that's been my lane because it's it's something that I studied a lot and I put a lot of time into. And like the culture of, of jazz, like I'm very aware of it. I I was very submerged in it. So I try to bring that into my production because a lot of people do it like with the lo-fi, the lo-fi sound and like a lot of producers try to bring like the, they just think that a lot of producers fr- who aren't from like an actual jazz background, like they'll hear a trumpet and something and, and then they'll automatically think it's jazzy, you know, they'll hear like an <laughs> instrument. And so with me, I feel like what sets me apart is that like I actually have that that training. I have that like experience of actually being around and playing jazz. And so I know exactly what I'm looking for when I whenever I like try to make something that emulates jazz, but also it it sounds modern for the like hip hop fans, you know. So I try to bring both worlds together. Yeah, so,
3: so many times people are just like oh yeah can you make it jazzy and they just they just think <laughs> it's like bringing a trumpet or something yeah like that. that's right yeah can you can you talk about um as as a producer like like making a song like that writing the music for it what kind of like software and what kind of like technology tools you use to to make that happen yeah um
1: i just use my computer
3: <laughs> are you are you working on logic or, or what do you i
1: doing? use i use fl studios um like Fruity Loops. So with that, I bought Fruity Loops. Okay, I didn't buy it. My parents bought it for me. That, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a it was a birthday it's gift. Twenty twenty. It's man.
3: okay, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It, okay. Listen, listen. It,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: my junior year of college, I decided I wanted to produce, and like my parents for my for uh, Christmas, they were like, I asked my parents. If they could buy me FL studios and they they were like, sure. And then since then it's just been an investment. Like I spent every day, like learning how to produce what, what exactly like how, how it works and, and like dedicating a, a lot of time into just like every day, just, just going in and trying to make something every day. If you heard like the stuff I was, <laughs> I put out, like <laughs> when I first started producing, I'm very like ashamed of it. And like no one will ever hear it, but it just goes. It's just a testament to like actually staying true to something, and and like just keep going, you know. You're shedding, right? You
3: just yeah, like, just shed- you're like you're you're like it's picking up the drumsticks, and you're just like
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a muscle, man.
3: Little by little.
1: But another I- another thing I noticed, another thing that like was a very big factor for me with like production was that like it was hard to produce focus on production and focus on drumming too because i whenever i'd have gigs when before the pandemic i couldn't produce cuz i didn't have time to produce cuz a lot of the time was going was going into preparing for the gigs and and rehearsals and travel and then when i wanted to produce i'd have to like uh give up on some gigs because i had to focus on like actually Sitting down and making some making some stuff with people or whatever whatever the case is, so so now that I've decided to focus on one thing, it just lets me really dig deep into
0: that. Yeah, I, we got a question over here from from Facebook, and it's it's a good friend of mine actually. I grew up with this guy. His name is Alexander Johnson, and he says he's looking to make music with others. Um, he, I guess he hasn't really been playing music much these days, but he just got an electric drum set. You want to know if FL Studio was a good a good way to do that.
1: I'm not sure how like what the compatibility is with like an electronic drum set to FL Studios. But I know if a real drum set you can you can kind of mic and and record through FL. Um but I'm not really sure about like the the electronic drum
3: sound.
0: Yeah much. Alex man, Google that shit bro that was <laughs> my man
3: as as man you know this might be a good question like it's for like a young musician like someone who's like 10 12 years old looking to get into production and yeah. actually like do the stuff that you're doing now do you feel like it's important to actually go and study music like like learn how to play classical piano or learn how to play jazz or something like that like what like musically because i mean the, what the track we just heard there's a lot of music in it. It's not just like beats with a loop. You know, there's like some content in there Mm -hmm. based on what happened before. (laughs) Yeah. And so how, how, how would you, um, what would you recommend that process to look like? Um, you would open up your music school. What would you do? (laughs) I actually taught, um, high schoolers music production.
1: Wow. And, um, but for me, I would say that having, just having like a, a, a good foundation in terms of just like basic music theory, and knowing, knowing like enough to get by, is, is always going to be a good thing. Like not, you can never like know too much of something, you know. Um, for me, I I think what helped me was having like a little like a little, educate because I didn't go to school for my undergrad in, in, uh, jazz or like music or anything like that. You just go for right? accounting damn so yeah bro so like i didn't have that much uh experience in in terms of theory and and just like just music period and studying it and studying the history of it i didn't have that much upbringing but when i did finally like get to have that experience in like learning learning music it definitely like was an advantage for me and it took it took my production to a new level because i it made it so much easier just to come up with more ideas um also when you when you're working with artists who not who don't necessarily have that music that uh that that um history of music and understanding of just basic music stuff um it's easier to get their ideas out because they can be like, Oh, I want it, I want it to sound like this. Um, you know, like I want it dark. So you think like, all right, minor chords, blah, 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 or like diminished stuff. And then, um, yeah, just having that like basic, just minimal training, I think is optimal because you don't want to, you don't want to force it too much where the person is like a, a freaking, what's his name? Uh, what the hell is his name? Jacob, Oh, Collier. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want that because he's a genius. Don't get me wrong. But like at the same time, it's just like, all right, bro, like I have so much information that it's like I have so much musical information in my head that I, I wouldn't know what to do. So for me, I like to have options. Give yourself like give yourself some some options musically so you can just so you can know enough where you can like explore different options, but definitely have a foundation in in studying the history of music and the, like certain just like r- basic theory yeah. do you
3: recommend an instrument to start on drums
1: drums <laughs> drums and then bass i love bass do you, I bass, mean, is, bass is my favorite like, i think like drummers love basses Bassists loves drummers I, like it's just like the rhythm section the up.
3: Hand, in hand but like like as far as like input into your computer i mean are you using a oh, keyboard to
1: do a lot of oh that yeah of yeah for for production it definitely helps to know, like the number one is probably knowing like harmony stuff. That's the that's the the most important thing I think. But like for me, a lot of pro- uh, okay, so a lot of producers have their like specialties. Like Pharrell's known for being very uh, diverse, but like certain certain producers have like their own sound. Like when you hear Kanye's Kanye's music, you hear like uh, like the high pitched samples that he used. And like Pharrell has his like uh the four bar intro loop that he does. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of like specific things that people are known for. For me, I try to be known for like the the drums of my of my songs. Like the drums are very like tight, but they're all but they also create like a vibe for everything else to be like sitting in the pocket pretty well.
0: Yeah. I wanna I wanna just change the subject we run out of time we got like 15 minutes left and um, okay we already had our argument so now i want to get into the (laughs) into the spiritual side of life and i'm i'm just curious just generally are you are you religious and if so how has that affected your day-to-day life and the decisions that you make
1: yeah i junior year of college i converted to islam i grew up um christian with the church and everything. But then I guess I was, I reached a point where I was just really questioning a lot of my faith and, and my values. And like, I was just trying to figure out what I resonated with and what teachings I resonated with. And my roommates, my junior year were, were Muslim, (coughs) excuse me. And I was always interested in the culture in like the religion and just knowing more about it and then one day they took me to a mosque and it like really opened my mind about into like the possibility of other religions you know because growing up christian in a like a caribbean household like christianity is just like it is what it is you know yeah and and you can't really you don't question it. It's just like, all right, I'm, I was born this way. Like I was born Christian. My parents take me to church every Sunday. So therefore I have to be Christian. And when I got to college, I was able to experience different religions and see what actually, what I resonated with the most and Islam was, was it because it was, it just practiced a lot of like humility and, and, and brotherhood and no, no one person is bigger than anybody else. You know, And I thought that the teachings of Muhammad, peace be upon him, but like, I think that they, those teachings were like just so profound and I really resonated with that more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because religion, I think to a lot of African-Americans, especially plays a big role in your life. And for you to switch from Christianity to Islam must have been some turbulence I, oh. I, I couldn't have done it i mean i could have done it but it would have been like you know i'm not religious currently but i was raised ultra religious yeah but but i am spiritual yeah not it's not like i'm I'm not atheist by any means but i just have my I feel like I always so people i have my own religion <laughs> I, just, I just put t- together my own things from you know from all of the different things i've experienced uh throughout my life
1: how did know no, my my parents they didn't talk to me for like a couple of weeks wow yeah it was it was definitely like a hard thing to tell them
3: that's yeah. crazy man i was just i was that was going to be my next question he yeah, was like how how does your family react to a, a decision like that i mean well
1: obviously coming from like when your parents all they know is christianity they grew up christian their parents raised them christian So they'd, they'd never like, it never, the thought never crossed their mind that you could be something else. And so I think it was more of like their reaction was more of like a, like, wow, I can't, I can't fathom this because I wasn't able to do that. You know, I didn't have that option. Mm -hmm. So for them, I feel like it was just really shocking, but I understand, like I understood their why they were like upset and they have every re- reason to be but at the same time I'm my own person you know and yes. I got to I got to make my own decisions for myself and and I think ultimately they realized that and we're we're at a point now where like they they are very they're they're okay with it like they're they're understanding and they're
3: they're they let me just exist peacefully how how has changing religions affected or impacted who you are (laughs) um i did it i did it more so for peace of mind
1: and when i did it at the time like when i first did it i was like wow i feel like uh reborn you know but i after that i just realized like living more i just realized that it's more so the religion doesn't do that for you it's more so self-reflection and like introspection that's what does it for you and the religion is just like a um it's like a a direction like it's like a like you print out mapquest you know it it prints out directions to like a map mm-hmm. and i think that religion does that for you yeah
0: i like that man we got we got a few more minutes and before we go, I, I, do, I like to play this little thing. I call it the word game. Greg has never played it, but we're about to play it right now.
3: Oh, God. So, <laughs> is, is, so, this like, is this like Uno where you lose all the
0: time? Oh, bro, I never lost. I'm undefeated for anybody out there who wants to, I'm never undefeated. Lost. Never lost. <laughs> never. <laughs> so basically the way it works is I'm going to say a word, and then you and Greg are going to take turns saying one sentence, one sentence about the word.
3: One I don't want to I don't want to play this game.
0: Greg, oh, wow. Greg, yeah, Greg, you playing alright <laughs> you All right, y'all
3: ready? All
0: right. Genghis, you go first. Love. Is overrated.
3: Wow. <laughs> hey, whoever <laughs> broke his heart, come on. I was going to say love is a beautiful thing. <laughs> but it's it's totally hey. overrated.
0: Right, come on. No.
2: <laughs> <bro>.
0: Come on. <laughs> There's something wrong with y'all, man. It really is, man.
3: Oh man! All right, here we go. Here we go. Police, police. Uh, I'm not trying to mess with any police. I don't. No, I stay away from them. Fuck okay. them. Fuck, up.
2: <laughs> Fuck. Fuck the him. police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You're going back to the nineties, huh? Success isn't built overnight.
2: Ooh,
0: come on. There you go. What you got for us, Greg?
3: Oh, what do I got?
0: Yeah.
3: Um, dedication.
0: Wow. You're going to give me one word. I, the rules was <laughs> I give you a word. You give me a sentence.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the word again? Oh, success, success. Oh, man. Success is subjective.
0: Wow, man. That's deep. That, that right there is, is a whole discussion. <laughs> Success is subjective. Yeah. It, it reminds me, man, my dad used to tell me, no matter what you do, be successful. So even if you're gonna be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper there is. And he used to tell me that all the time. yep uh, unproductivity
2: <laughs>
0: is a blessing
3: in disguise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh unproductivity yeah i'd say it's still productive
0: wow unproductivity is still productive all right there you go darren do you understand that word (laughs) unproductivity (laughs) (laughs) i'm unproductive all the time man I'd be playing 2K20 and shit.
3: I don't even that's, know how you find time to do that.
0: I wake up at 4 35 in the morning. I'll play 2K for two hours. And then bro what I go for
3: a run, you know. Yo, I'll wake I'll wake up in the morning around nine, eight thirty-nine. I have like 19 emails from Darren starting <laughs> at like 245 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and, then, I'm and then I call him and he's taking his nap.
0: Yeah, that's right. I gotta take a nap. <laughs> Um, I got, I got one more. I got one more. This is for you, Genghis, right. Tupac. Hmm. Overrated. Whoa! <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So this is this goes back to the argument about what you were saying about about Drake. Tupac is a performer. Tupac is an actor. Tupac. <laughs> is also- Tupac is a rapper too, though. Well, listen, right? Tupac is also a rapper. But, but first, Tupac is an entertainer.
0: I'm with all of that. But all Tupac right. wrote his own lyrics, my G. That's all I'm saying. But what,
1: but what is Tupac mostly known
0: for? It's like, this is the thing, man. All y'all are crazy, man. It's like y'all try to put Jordan and Kobe in the same category. Tupac and Drake nah, don't even live in the same universe, my man. Drake live in the gutter. Tupac, when I think of
1: Tupac, I think of, I think of activism. I don't really yeah. think of his music first, you know. I think really? of Tupac. I think of Tupac. Dear Mama. Of, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't resonate with his music that much.
0: California Love.
1: Before my time, player.
0: Maka, what?
1: Wait, wait, wait. What year were you born? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what year you were born? Ninety six.
3: Oh, you ain't bro. Well, I mean, that's man it's time. Anyway,
0: <laughs> I'm going to send you a playlist, you're, bro.
3: You're, man, look, we're both getting old. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, no. I like, I like Tupac, but I like okay. when I think of,
1: yeah, that's not the first thing I think of is his music, you know?
0: Okay. I, I get that because he was an activist. Yeah. And uh, when you, the first thing you think about with Drake is singing, right? Not rapping. Honestly, no. I didn't even know that dude was singing. So Shadia told me, she was like, you know, Drake singing. I got pissed. She had to listen to me just go on a, on a fucking, I'm screaming every day for about two weeks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he basically Ja Rule. That's what I think. He's basically <laughs> Ja Rule, bro. What? Drake is Ja Rule. He's a Ja Rule of our age, bro.
1: That's so disrespectful to Drake.
0: Hey, no. That nigga is Ja Rule. Okay. Drake is, um, the greatest,
1: is, is honestly the greatest artist of this generation. You think he's the greatest
3: artist of this generation? It's
0: something wrong. Man, I'm about to hang up this. Greg, hang up this live. i to look
3: I'm I'm gonna mute Darian.
2: <laughs>
3: why why is well I just want to know why is Drake the greatest artist of this generation? <laughs> in, uh, in terms of his impact, I
1: think he's the greatest artist of this generation. And when I say this generation, I mean like
3: 2010s and 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 on. And yeah. I'm I'm genuinely curious because I don't think I've ever heard a Drake song. So I have n- <laughs> I have you've no idea. You've definitely heard a Drake you've heard, song. I didn't Drake even song. know. You've heard a Drake song. I have no idea who Drake is. I, know I I've, accidentally- seen his, I've seen his like picture at like the Toronto Raptors basketball games and stuff like that. That's <laughs> I, it.
1: <laughs> Drake is okay. Drake what Drake what sets part what sets Drake apart from everyone else is that he'll he's very, very adaptable as an artist. He'll take whatever is like the hot um, genre of music, like the um, like the drill. You ever heard of Chicago drill music? Mm-hmm. It's a type of music that's like, it's, uh, it's specifically in Chicago. And it's like a type of trap music that's very like intense. And Drake stole that, I wouldn't say steal, but like he, he adapted that sound and he became really good at it. And then he he adapted the UK UK drill, which is like another type of uh, hip hop. And he took that and he ran with it. And he also did the, the whole um, Afrobeats type of music too, which is like just a whole, just like Tony Allen-esque. And so I like Drake because he, he can live in other people's world and make it his own. And I think that there's not an artist out currently that can do it to the extent that Drake does it.
0: I do not agree with that. But hey, Genghis today is our guest. (laughs) Gregory (laughs) Aji is also here. We ran out of time. And unfortunately, we got to leave it at that. I'm fine
3: with that. (laughs) Before before we we dip out, can you tell us how uh, everyone can find you online?
1: Yeah. uh, Instagram, you can follow me um, on Genghis Don G-E-N-G-I-S underscore D-O-N. Um my Instagram. I mean my Facebook is Genghis Don as well. Uh, Twitter is Genghis Don. Uh, you can follow me. You can listen to my music on Spotify under Genghis Don too. Uh Spotify, iTunes, Apple Me, like whatever. You can follow me.
0: Do you have a band camp?
1: I do. Yeah. Uh it's Genghis Don as well. But I also have like my my own my own band, Genghis Khan and the Empire. We, we just put out an album. You can check it out too.
0: That's what's up, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Genghis. Thank and, you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank everybody who who's out there watching. This is the Working Artist Project. I'm Darian Douglas.
3: I'm Gregory <laughs> and uh, Genghis,
0: We'll catch on later. You so much.
1: Yep. Thank you guys for having me. Peace.
2: At Heritage Bank, we're working to strengthen communities by helping businesses stay in
3: business. See how we can help yours. Visit heritagebanknw.com slash all of us or click the ad to learn more. Member FDIC.
2: The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas, but it's
0: not just for college. It's also the Trade School Savings Plan and the Books and Materials Savings Plan, even the Room and Board Savings Plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future.
3: Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com.